0: presented by at&t connecting changes everything
1: the black effect presents family therapy and i'm your host elliot connie jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner david
0: This is Intimate Knowledge with Brooke Burke, Megan King, and sex and intimacy coach, Leela DeVille. Shh. It's a show about sex. Well, hi, Leela. How are you? <laughs> hi, Megan. Oh, how am I? I don't even know how to answer that question anymore. I feel all the things. It's just like an emotional soup over here, I'm bouncing from one thing to the next um, in terms of my emotions. and. Yeah, dealing with kids and relationship and all the you know, and just world stuff. My goodness, we are in a new time.
3: Isn't it crazy that when somebody asks how you're we doing, it's not a rhetorical question like it used to be. <laughs> I we're know. it's an actual real answer we have expectations (laughs) behind it now
0: (laughs) exactly exactly so we can't um externalize so much anymore it's just like very much about our internal world and Mm. connecting with that so yeah it totally is yeah but we want to lighten it up a little bit today right (laughs) <laughs> yes.
3: I mean, I think, you know what, I kind of, I'm starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel. Um, LA mm-hmm. opened the beaches. I mean, kind of, you know, with some rules in place. So it's nice to see glimpses of, of normalcy. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's a positive, you know, that focusing is. on the positives when you can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know so we're going to have fun today with the sex terms. I'm excited to talk about sex terms. <laughs> and by the way, it's not fair that we're going to be talking about sex terms with you, who is a sex and intimacy coach, and me, who's like, I'm just like, I I don't know. I guess I'm like, just the average Joe. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I think that's absolutely perfect, because so many people don't know these terms and i think it's really important actually to explore and to get to know them and it's and it's forever changing like there's a lot that i don't know either because it's so um you know especially with the the texting terms and things like that the um yeah there's mm. it's always changing it's always new and i think it's really important because our kids are going to ask us You know, and I think if unless we the only way we can encourage interest is if we really know ourselves. And I think this really kind of leans into that. So we we are resourced when our when our kids say, What what's this, mama? no kidding. And I'll be like, I don't know. Yeah, so this, this is <laughs> Find out together. Your kids are young, but you know, they're getting older and, you know, they, and they pick up on they so much so stuff. Fast. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think I've told you before
3: how I kept a journal ever since I knew how to write. And mm-hmm. um, then in that journal, I was a little girl. I mean, I couldn't, I don't even know if I was really writing like words, spelling the words properly at that point. And I was talking about kissing boys. And I was Mm -hmm. probably like six years old and I knew, and and it was in my diary with a lock and everything. And because I knew that it it was taboo to be kissing boys when you're six. And I didn't really want to kiss a boy, but I thought about it. I mean, we think about sex and intimacy at such a young age, outside of our intimate families, outside of our mother roles and our father roles and sibling roles. We really, it's a human experience to think about about connecting physically with another person in a loving, romantic way at such a young age—it's totally. truly fascinating. And I think as adults, we don't give our children enough um, credit that that you know these thoughts are going through their mind because I think that we've, as a society, thought about sex is so taboo that it's only something between um, you know adults that yeah. we can, and it's only one certain kind of act that we have shut our brains down to helping our children grow into what sex means because mm-hmm. of our cultural barriers
0: yeah it really is such a layered conversation and if you're leaving that conversation to one big nugget of a conversation where you just do the birds and the bees talk you're missing all those other layers like my my kids like well, my my eldest, he's uh, six and a half. But just the other day, he was saying to me, like, I feel this particular way in my body when I'm touched by girls, as opposed to touched by a boy or hugged by a boy, or mm-hmm. you know. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. that. And I, I can encourage that. I go, oh, that's mm-hmm. an interesting difference. What do you feel in your body? Like, what what is the sensation? So he can feel like where his yeses and his noes are, and that's like really part of the should be part of the sex conversation right
3: and and that's not necessarily even sex and i'm using air quote quotes because i sex as our society defines sex because sex is our society defines it is sexual intercourse when really it's so much more there's so much more to do with that so to include something like how we respond to physical touch from the opposite sex and the same sex when you're such when you're still a child is is Important, not only for the, I think for the child to get to know who they are and be introspective within themselves, but to, to to include that under the sex talk umbrella so that it's not just this like Like, wall in your face conversation.
0: Exactly. And otherwise, like you have the birds and the bees talk and you talk about like how babies are made and the whole thing and the penis goes into the vagina or, or you can Mm -hmm. talk about all the other varieties and expressions of sex. But how do they know what they want to do and how do they know, like, what feels good unless you have that stuff beforehand? And it starts really, really early on. Like, you know, like, I always, like, tell my kids, I'm about to pick you up. And then they have the option to say, no, I don't want to be picked up or I don't want to be touched. And so the tune in and the internalising of, like, okay, how do I feel is right from the very beginning. Mm -hmm. The the trick is if you're waiting until your kid is 13 or 14 it's likely that you're already too late they've already like they've already been subjected to so much in terms of content that they've already made up their own mind so this is an opportunity to like you can and we're going to listen to a clip really soon that's it's um which is really interesting but you can inform your kids what is real and what is not real right from the, from the get go. And you can be a part of that rather than like leaving them to their own devices um, hmm. and consuming content of their own, which they may not understand. It could be really confusing. And, and again, it's like that externalizing thing. Like, should I be, be wanting this? And it's like, no, Well, how do you feel? How do you feel about this? You know? So it's kind of like making that it's, switch.
3: None of us who are, um, you know, well, you and I Brooke, we didn't grow up with, you um, this kind of social media culture that our children are growing up with and the how you know information is disseminated so incredibly quickly um true and false information and so if we don't get ahead of it especially with something so important as sex it's literally what makes the world go wrong it's one of our (laughs) very very basic human needs um then then our our children are going to learn elsewhere. Um, Well, they will anyways. So, like, it's so important that we help shape that um, and don't deny it. And I've seen it denied so
0: often, Leela. have you? Oh, of course. And, like, so much of the work that I do is unraveling the layers of Mm -hmm. shame and unraveling the trauma from, you know, and all of that stuff. Um, So, and that's also one of the reasons I do what I do is because also when we get really comfortable with our sexuality, it enables us to show up for our kids in a different way um and really like encourage those kinds of conversations mm-hmm. and that interest when we're learning it ourselves. Um, yeah, and so then we don't have to carry this or like we, we don't we're not raising kids in shame, so they don't carry that through their their lives. You know? oh, I love that. I, was, oh, I love that so much. Yeah, so, sounds like such okay. a beautiful,
3: like utopian world, doesn't it? But we can we can achieve it. <laughs> yeah, it. totally,
0: <laughs> totally. So I think we should listen to this clip because this clip is a, um, yeah, it's definitely a talking point. Okay, so what are we What are we about to listen to? Uh, so this is a clip from a show called The Bold Type, um, and it's on Freeform, okay. um, and it's really a show that's kind of been created for teens and up. Um, and they have a lot of uh, sexually explicit um, terms that they use and also just sexually explicit content. So yeah, let's have a little listen.
4: Cody
2: asked me to peg him. What? Yeah. How? Uh, you put on a strap on and then you just... Well, I know what pegging is. So I was just more so asking, like how do you ask someone you barely know to peg you? Leave your watch at their place and then when they drop it off, you say, hey, wanna peg? Mm, impressive. Yeah. What'd you say? I said no. Jane, come on. You know, I've never liked being dominant in the bedroom and I'm not very good at it. That's just not for me. I feel like this is different. This is a dude. Yeah.
0: <laughs> wow. Yeah. So they're talking about pegging. So this leads pegging. into our whole sex term thing. So uh, Megan, do you know what pegging is, darling? Okay. So a I lot of people know. don't know what it is. A lot of people just- don't
3: know. Well, I, I don't care if, if they do or they don't. I, I don't. But judging from the conversation that I just listened to, um, it sounds like something with a dildo. Yeah. Um, some <laughs> kind of penetration with a dildo.
0: Yeah, it is. is. That was big It is. It is. As I understand it, and anyone can like call me out if I'm wrong, but from what I understand pegging to be, and it could have evolved to something different, um, but it's a heterosexual heterosexual male um, being anally penetrated by a woman with a strap on. So it's kind of oh. like anal sex in reverse within.
3: But it sounded like it was two girls talking. It was they two were girls talking, talking
0: about it, wasn't it? Yeah, there was two girls talking in the clip, but they were talking about a guy asking to be pegged oh interesting yeah. does that happen <laughs> yeah yeah it does actually okay. I mean you know anal sexes have, uh, people call it like the new oral sex like it, it's oh. evolved, and anal sex has evolved as well so um it's you know used to be something that oh a man would just do to a woman or you know or also in um Um, Non heterosexual relationships as well, but it's evolved into also men wanting to to experience that kind of pleasure. Like the prostate stimulation, prostate stimulation is can be really pleasurable for a man. And I think also with anal, and we haven't talked about anal a lot on the show, but anal itself, it's you know, it's kind of like the forbidden fruit for a Mm -hmm. lot of people. It is, and so there's this like hesitation and reservation. I don't know. I'm just guessing here again. So Leila,
3: you're the expert, but I mean, is it the perversion the sexy perversion of like this like uh, taboo activity that's like um being talked about and experimented with in a be- in the bedroom so it
0: feels intimate but it's it's like yeah,
3: bad? It's vulnerable.
0: It's vulnerable <laughs> because yeah, because it is like there's that hesitancy and that naughty. hesitation because it's naughty or you know, it can be that. And also there is just that feeling of like, you know, having to surrender and, and wanting to experience that and the pleasure that comes from ultimate surrender, um, Right. That, that degree, you know, that degree of trust. That and I, I actually like- think pegging is, at, you know, if, if you're interested as a man, then it can make you much better at anal sex because you know you can kind of because there's a consolidation mm. of nerve endings you know they, they can lead to like really immense pleasure or pain and so it's like it's really tender so if you know that yourself then it will it'll make probably make you better at anal sex
3: like with the woman
0: <laughs> yeah or a man I guess but yeah
3: it's yeah. like Yeah, in a heterosexual relationship, which is what I guess pegging happens in. Uh, Well, that's interesting, which then leads me to think about why the hell are we talking about this on a teenage show?
0: Well, it's interesting, isn't it? It's definitely interesting. And I mean, is it interesting because I am living under a rock
3: or like (laughs) think that and I don't even know what the hell this is and this is what kids are doing these days? Or is it interesting because like the show is introducing it to kids?
0: Yeah, it's um like like I said I think if you're waiting until 13 or 14 to have a conversation with your kids about sex and about all the different degrees that or, or different expressions then um then you've missed the boat likely and that you there's a bit of catch up to do. And I guess that there's a fear in like the I guess the root fear is that you'd be condoning um, these kind of sexual acts if you talk about them and my feeling is that actual knowledge knowledge is actually power um, you're actually resourcing your child to know okay this is what that you could be confronted with this is what could arise and this is here are some tools um, like you're kind of like creating a, um, you're arming your 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 children by exposing them to it and i'm not saying that you do this with a 13 or 14 year old but what i am saying is that being part of that conversation with them is becomes a safe place for them. And Mm -hmm. you open that the the conversation is is then open so they can come to you. It's like, I don't know how I feel about that. Like, how should I feel? And you can kind of help orient them, them into themselves so they can answer the question themselves.
3: Like uh, what kind of teenager is going to go to their mom and say, Hey mom, let's talk about pegging for a second. This is something that's interesting. (laughs) Like, come on
0: yeah totally. but I' but there's also the argument around can we control what our kids are watching? You know like are they just going to go out there and watch this on their own? And my, I and mean it's like, I would this, totally have
3: loved to watch it on my own when I was a teenager. Yeah, I I mean, if, this is like cool to me.
0: Yeah, if you're sexually active, then you're going to seek out this kind of content. Right.
3: I don't even, I wasn't even sexually active. Like, um, I lost my Virginia when I was 18 years old, and mm -hmm. I really wasn't very um, well with like penetrative sex, but I wasn't very sexually active anyways. Like, to me, like, hooking up with somebody was kissing with tongue. And yeah. But I would have loved to learn about all of this, right? Yeah. So I I was learning to show sex in the city. Yeah. Okay, you Joys of Sex for you. I was uh-huh. watching Sex and the City. I didn't know what they were talking about half the time, but I was like in, I was just glued,
0: enthralled. And I think Inthralled. you know, if, if we leave our kids up to their own devices with their with their own like content, then then they're going to make up their own minds about these mm-hmm. these things. And there is a way where you can be more involved in the media consumption of your your child so you can discuss the content with them. And so then there's the, you know, there's the conversation and the opportunity to share what your sexual values are. Um, and there's also, you can also shape, like, you can kind of point out the differences between themselves and also the, the TV characters that they're seeing right. or even, like, because I don't yeah. know, like, there's very few sex scenes. I don't know. Tell me if I'm, I'm wrong or if you agree I'm- or not. But there's very few sex scenes, even on like in TV shows, that are like that look authentic to me. There's I, I've probably I could count on one hand how many like great sex scenes that I've seen.
3: Well, I feel like everybody's automatically having an orgasm the second the vagina's touched.
0: Like, I mean, how quick in, is the on entry? They kiss and then it's in. It's like mm, yeah, it's, no, it's,
3: it have it's every no, it's not real. Yeah. it's all spe- everything's yeah. sped up. So and I, I think it's important and-
0: that we we can like you know, point out, okay, well, this is I love that. something you can expect. And this is something that is, you know, that's not how it works in real life. I think what you're saying
3: or what, how I'm experiencing this is that it's to, to go beyond what, um, what, you know, the child perhaps could be thinking in their realm of like what sex is at the time to let, go beyond that and then reel it in from there so that um, you kind of, as a parent might have more control over when they do get that information instead of um, trying to limit what they are getting it's the yeah, opposite like, it's it's almost counterintuitive
0: well the thing is when I went like we've got young kids right so I really yeah. don't feel that you should be sharing anything that could be really confusing to them or that would no. scare them like you know this is not something I'd be like saying yeah have this conversation with, <laughs> yeah, young okay. kids, with you No, know, when thing. when they're younger I really feel like it should be fully child-led like you're just responding to their questions you're getting really clear about what their question is first of all because it's like oh where did I come from and you go into this whole birds and the bees talk when they're actually yeah. like oh no like what like my kids are like really esoteric so he's like what planet did I come from you know mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. so he's not, he's not yeah. talking about so getting really clear about um about that um but as they get older they're just exposed to so much it's already part of the chat online it's already part of their their social environment so like i said when they're 13 14 they're already really exposed to a lot and if they're watching these shows and they're being presented with okay pegging you can be part of that conversation and of course you have to resource yourself get really comfortable with you know that this mostly what you're trying to do with a with with a child is say that it's all normal and it's all natural Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that it, this isn't really about sexual arousal and sexual connotations. It's like normalizing. Oh, you feel that way. Oh yeah. That's amazing. Your body feels like that. Like there's it, no like, Oh, like you shouldn't be touching yourself. You shouldn't be just right. you know, validate it's what, really what they're feeling. Exactly. I lo-
3: I, one of my cousins told me one time and it really stuck with me that whenever her child, um, she told her child, I will always answer your questions honestly, but age appropriately. And exactly. I thought that was so powerful because if a child does say if they mom, how do you have a, how does the baby, how does the baby get in there? Um, you're going to have a different answer for a three-year-old than you will for a 13-year-old. And Absolutely. you can still tell the truth and be honest in both, yeah. in, in both situations.
0: Yeah. Like my six-year-old knows how a baby gets in there, but he doesn't know I, like the detail that he doesn't know. And I think that would scare him as a six-year-old is that, the penis gets erect and inserts mm-hmm. itself into, mm-hmm. you know, like, and that's right. how like he was created or you could, you could explain, you know, you, I think it's important. I tell,
3: Aspen's asked me and she's um, she's just turned three and a half. Um, she probably asked me about around three or something. And my response was um, the mommy and the daddy pray very hard.
0: That's yeah. all. And, that, um, and that's it's part not of wrong her story. It's part of R- her story, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. no, like, I, gotta, I got to I got up easy.
3: You... She's my IVF baby. I got up easy with that one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, you go to the doctor and then they put it in you. <laughs> oh uh,
0: yeah oh yeah it's, so funny. it's not the typical story but yes um, yeah so discuss like you have to really gauge what you think they'll be ready for and if they're not happy with their answer they will ask again and they'll ask oh. yes, and they'll ask another way and they'll try to get like the information that they require and if you don't give it to them it will be like really frustrating if that's what they're seeking they could just they could be really happy with what you share and like my kid just goes up and goes oh okay this it's growing in the baby in the belly and it's like a seed gets planted there and mm-hmm. then it doesn't grow a tree it grows a baby and the, the mm-hmm. womb is the soil you know that's how he thinks it it works and it's true and like if he wanted to know but how does the semen get in there like how does the seed get inside then I would mm-hmm, have to mm-hmm. go into more detail and mm-hmm. I would imagine that and if I think that it's going to scare him right now and we have to wait a year, I can go, oh, I'm going to share that information with you when you're a little bit older, on to the next question. Like it's, mm-hmm. you know, but it's very yeah. much child-led and knowing that they're going to be exposed to a whole bunch of stuff when they get into their early teens, that that's when you want to maybe monitor the media and also mm. be a part of their consuming of media.
3: I mean, I think it's yeah. earlier than early teens. I would say closer to, whenever kids start getting cell phones, that could be nine years old. Yeah. 10 years old, you know, that's yeah. when stuff- And, and that's something
0: hurt. you really have to tune into, you know, yeah, um, with, with your kid and see where they're at.
2: It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: For everybody listening, I do not know what these terms are, so this should be interesting. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> well, I don't so, know what she's going to ask me. Well, I, maybe I'll know them. <laughs> okay. S O M F. So it's like when you're texting S O M F.
3: An acronym. So an acronym S. I'm gonna write this down. S O M
0: F. I'm gonna guess. Should I guess? Do you know? I don't know the the acronyms because I'm not. I'm. I think I'm okay. like. I'm too old. Um, or, I didn't do the whole texting thing so much with my partner.
3: Um, okay, so M F maybe male female maybe motherfucker. Um, <laughs> s- uh, okay, I gotta tell you, sex, sex, Ooh. one motherfucker.
0: <laughs> I don't know. Sit on my face. That be? No, sit on my face. Sit on my face. Sit on sit. my face. Ooh, okay.
3: Face. Noted. Okay. I'm gonna put a star next to that one. Okay.
0: DTF. DTF. DTF.
3: Um, down to fuck.
0: Yeah. Down to fuck. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh huh.
3: Okay. Now I
0: know. Voodoo clam. Voodoo clam. Yeah. Uh, you can say like he got a nice voodoo. Got a
3: nice
0: voodoo.
3: Um. I don't know. Vagina. <laughs>
0: So it's a pussy that turns men into doing anything that she asks or tells him after they've had sex, like they've had a sexual experience and then he is just, like, kind of, like, like, anything for you.
3: Anything (laughs) for you to voodoo clan. Okay. Do you have a voodoo
0: clan, Leela? Me? Yes. I don't – it's never been described that way.
3: Well, maybe you'll have to ask a more direct question.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, um, post-nut clarity. Um, What's post-nut clarity?
3: I don't know. Whatever happens Whatever. to the balls after the,
0: you like
3: ejaculate.
0: Okay. It's the few minutes after a guy ejaculates when he usually needs to compose himself again. Got it,
3: got it, kind
0: of. <laughs> <laughs> okay, laying pipe. Laying pipe? I don't like. Yeah. Okay,
3: I'm assuming that's like um, a woman laying uh, f-
0: flat on her back and just taking it. Yeah, it's it's when a girl when you just when you have sex with a girl when you pipe her. Yeah, that's vulgar. I know. I'm really not into that. Term. Pipe. Ew. Like. Isn't it amazing is like how, how it's pipe? evolved? Isn't it amazing how it's revol- evolved? Like it used to be screw. When I was a child, like when I was younger, yeah, screw. Um, or um, oh, bang, banging,
3: yeah, pumping. I like I, I like oh, using a... the term banging, banging, <laughs>
0: banging.
3: Yeah. What about
0: what about pumping? You know what pumping is.
3: That sounds like more sensual, but um, I haven't used that term.
0: What do pumping. you think? Well. Pumping, uh, it kind of describes like a thrusting motion that like really rapid, yeah. steady pumping right. motion. Yeah. Like we used yeah. to, I think uh, we used to call that the jackhammer, which is like oh. not a desirable, you know, not really. I feel like pumping desirable. sounds
3: nicer than jackhammer. Pumping.
0: And then there's the, the term it's pump. A, also, that's what you do on a swing. Like when you're <laughs> swinging on a swing yes. set, you pump your legs. That's what, to, that's what I say to my kid. Like nice pumping, darling.
3: Yes. <laughs> And it's a it's a skill. Back and yeah, forth. So it and back and forth. That's why I think pumping sounds mm-hmm. nicer than like a jackhammer, because you're like, it's more, it's more of a like flow movement. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because of how oh, they think of the swing. Oh my yeah. gosh. Okay.
0: Yeah. So um pump and dump.
3: Pump and dump. Um you, you know I'm assuming you the male has sex and comes and <laughs> you
0: leave. You leave, yes. Okay. <laughs> I had a bit of a pump and dump situation last
3: night. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. But
0: it was very welcome. I mean, we're in quarantine, and like we usually, we usually back in LA have our own separate bedrooms. And so mm-hmm. we get a little bit more space. And we've spoken about that on the podcast um, before. Yes. I really enjoy having my own personal space, and so does he. And we come together when we want. But here we don't have our own bedrooms. But when I'm recording, I have to get up in the morning. So I sleep in a, I sleep in my kids' room and the kids sleep with him. But he snuck into my room last night. And we made love. And then he left. It was like, it was like a return to old times. That's cute. That sounds like a <laughs> that sounds like a sneaky little hookup. kind of cute. Was, it was, it was. It was like a little bit naughty, and a little bit like
3: mm. Well, and then I think of pump and dump as my twins are almost two now, which is crazy. But um, when I would get away and be able to go drink alcohol, and my breasts were so swollen with milk, and I just got <laughs> rid of it. Except I never dumped it. I just I saved that liquid gold for other stuff like cuts and bruises. And like, yes, never got rid ab- of
0: it. Alcoholic component as well. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Um, pearl necklace.
3: Pearl necklace. When a guy mm. comes in your neck, your yeah. chest
0: know these girl like who mm. thought you didn't know these okay queening okay one of my favorites
3: queening
0: queening what's queening
3: uh i don't <laughs> know when a girl's on top
0: mm. so it's the ancient art mm. of a woman pressing her genitals up against the face tongue lips nose of somebody else wait why is that an ancient art that? Yeah. I mean, well it, it was because it's been it's because it's been depicted in drawings like egyptian drawings. oh really and, yeah
3: because i feel like that's i pretty mean pretty close to somf sit on the face
0: it is but cleaning is you yeah queening is you just now for sit on your face but it is like i really like it it's um yeah it's a beautiful
3: and that's been depicted for, in
0: art ancient art yeah yeah mm-hmm. you like send even me some anal that. sex even anal sex the like a rod, there's erotic art that's you know 4,000 years old where so it depicts anal sex. Whoa, uh, er, you know, the, have every part the of the body is you know can be sexual and is sexual. Yeah, yeah. made sexual. So, um, boning, you know what this is,
3: yeah, boning is banging.
0: Boning is, I got yeah, banging they, and pumping and suck, yeah,
3: um, raw Screaming. dog, raw dog. Raw dog. And yeah. not, use, not using a condom? Yes. <laughs> I mean, this is like, I'm thinking of like a hot dog and a raw yeah. dog and raw. Okay. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, I don't like this term, but mm. taking the dirt road. Um, banal sex. Yeah. yeah. Is banal that right?
3: Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: Okay. This is a term of the times. Um, zumping. Um, okay, so I'm thinking Z,
3: like the Z with Zoom. So maybe like virtual something.
0: <laughs> She's good. She's clever, guys. Is it right? It, it, breaking up over Zoom. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So be yep. great. Right. Ooh. Okay. Well,
3: that's at least they broke up over something and not like text, you know, something like kind yeah. of face to face.
0: Exactly. <laughs> oh, well, that's all you can do right now. They're yeah, Not like uh, ghost, you know. Yeah. Um, which would be really easy right now, right? Totally. Yeah,
3: yeah. So like zumping is kind of nice. <laughs>
0: <laughs> thoughtful. Zumping is thoughtful. Y'all,
3: <laughs> quarantine daters, yeah. you're gonna dump. You better zump.
0: Yeah. Uh, power
3: bowling power balling i'm assuming like banging really like jackhammer banging <laughs> yeah, um, it's I mean, when
0: the guy gyrates his balls while having sex so what is this, so like plays with his ball like, like yeah like you know like hand on balls yeah. like and that's called around. what uh power balling
3: oh
0: yeah hmm. okay okay well next one <laughs> it's really hard for me to say but Mickey okay. Minaj actually has a song called Truffle Butter. <laughs> Truffle Butter. I don't
3: know. If I'm gonna think about it, um, I don't know. Maybe like, maybe like cervical mucus.
0: <laughs> I love. I love the way you're going, but it's actually. Um, it's. It's not something that I advocate at all. But it's actually the combo of fluids that. It is created when you go from anal sex to penetrative sex, vaginal sex.
3: Well, how is it? What what combination truffle of butter? fluids? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Do I have to spell it out?
3: I think you might. <laughs>
0: it looks like the color and the texture of truffle butter. Just, that's all. I'm just gonna leave it
3: there. It's. I'm just gonna. You know what? I'm gonna just make a little note to listen to that song.
0: Yeah. I li- <laughs> I listened to it before we we It Sounds absolutely yeah. repulsive. Yeah. Anyway, I if if you are going to have anal sex and then move back or to vaginal sex, wash, wash,
3: wash. <clears throat> so why why do you say that so emphatically? Can you-
0: well, just because if you have anal sex, there can be fecal matter, right? So you, you can have little particles and bits and and stuff of that of shit and so then if you move from one hole to the other hole then you'll be transferring that into the vaginal canal which isn't very desirable and yeah you're transferring
3: literal waste back into the body back
0: in yeah and I would say avoid that when possible Mm
3: -hmm. change
0: condoms remove the whatever you need to do to clean and to make and sanitize that i think that's the infection yeah yeah Noted. um <laughs> next is <laughs> next is cream pie there's and just there's a whole porn genre dedicated to this cream pie isn't it yep. when like the guy ejaculates
3: in the vagina and then like the semen seeps out yes Ah, <laughs> <gross>. <laughs> oh, I don't like that influence.
0: Lo- I love that you said that without even like going into how you felt about it. <laughs> you just said it. So... <laughs> oh just that yeah, I kind of did. I, I, made a, I made some faces and some hand gestures.
3: <laughs> so <good.
0: laughs> okay, I might pronounce this wrong, but I say bukake. So it's a Japanese word, bukake. Bukake? Yeah, another. I have no idea, joint. especially because it's a Japanese word, so I can't even use it. It's a my Japanese like- word that's been made famous. Um, but it's basically when several men masturbate and ejaculate on a single woman. What? <laughs> yeah. Bukake. Bukake. What is it? Bukake. B U K K A K E. Bukake. I almost spelled that right. Wow. Yeah.
3: Well, that doesn't sound exciting. <laughs> yeah.
0: You know, people are into all sorts of stuff. You know, do part of my training they, as a, as a sex they ejaculate coach. ejaculate on a woman or a man? A woman. Kind mm-hmm. of a derogatory so thing, fun? I think. Mm-hmm. But, you know, just so you know, for those listening, part of my training as a sex coach is we go through a process called sexual attitude, attitude reassessment, and so we actually expose ourselves to a whole bunch, a whole variety of different sexual expressions and different ways just people express themselves in life in general um, Is so that we can meet like the vast array of attitudes and beliefs and values um, that are that are part of human sexuality. So like as I'm saying this, I might giggle and laugh and stuff, but it's really, it's part of like lightning and, and just accepting all the the different kinds of expression that there are oh gosh, without you're so judgment. accepting you're so accepting you're so <laughs> like I said, it's part of my training and like I said at the beginning of this like when we're talking about kids and one of the reasons I'm doing the sexual terms is because part of like some of this is in content that our kids are consuming so like I'm talking about older kids and Brooke probably would be able to speak to this more because she has teenage children but you know just being versed in it so it's not like this surprising like shocking thing if they ask you like my first ever question to my parents was like, do you swallow the cum or do you spit it out? Like, instead of like having like a really knee jerk response to that, you can kind of answer in a very like accepting, oh yeah, this is normal. I cannot even imagine my parents doing that.
3: But thanks for creating that visual in my mind, (laughs) Leela. Yeah. (laughs) You're like, you're so professional about it. And I'm like, oh, God dang, like I could have gone my whole life without that. Thank you. And, that,
0: and that's why we're co-hosts, darling, And we get to.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> okay, Eskimo sisters.
3: What, Eskimo sisters?
0: Yeah, what's, this is a new term. Um,
3: Eskimo sisters, Um, I don't know, like, okay, Eskimos, I know Eskimo Kiss is like moving your noses together. So maybe like, I don't know, two girls, <laughs> like girls 69ing or something. No,
0: two two women who have had sex with the same person. Oh, yeah.
3: I mean, that's not gross, but like, I hate that it has a term.
0: <laughs> Some of my best girlfriends are, <laughs> are like exes of the same guy with me. Yeah.
3: Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> like, that's gonna happen unless you're like completely monogamous with the same partner, right? Like, it's bound yeah. to happen. But the fact that there's a term and it's like such a cute little term, I don't know. Especially right?
0: sisters. <laughs> Okay, kind of
3: funny.
0: Okay, this is the last one. Okay, uh, I think you're gonna get this scissoring, scissoring. Oh
3: yeah, I know that one.
0: It's when yeah. two women,
3: like, their legs are intertwined to have their
0: vaginas touch. Yes, just to, to stimulate like in a scissor kind of um, action, so they can yeah rub their lady bits together. Hmm.
3: Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I think we just um described like pornog.com. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. Sorry, they killed it, darling. Well, it thank great. you.
3: Like I you know what? I'm more into terms like in my sexual place in life, I'm into terms that are not that are less of, like you know, raw dog and most and I'm more into terms like uh like exploring like tantric sex or like um, <laughs> like a, a cervical orgasm or, you know, something yeah. beautiful and less vulgar.
0: Yeah. And we can bring that to our kids. That's the thing. You know, like I was teaching my kid the other day. Um, I, we were um, – we well, it wasn't the other day. It was pre-quarantine, but he was – we were – going out with a friend we were having dinner with a friend and he was like leaning his body up against her back body like and she was just sitting there and she was doing something but his body was on her body and like kids do that a lot but I could tell that she was a little bit uncomfortable like it just wasn't feeling good in her body to have that weight and Mm -hmm. so I just said to Mana I was like can you um hey darling just get off Tina's body and just check in with her and see if how she would feel if you pressed your body up against her body um, like, or you hugged her, and then he was like, "Oh, okay." So that, <laughs> like, it's a, it's a really simple thing, right? Mm-hmm. And, and we usually like let that fly by, but if you bring attention to it, he gets to check in, like, "Oh, yeah, I really want my body up against Tina's body. That feels good." Mm-hmm. And then you, resourcing him to ask her how she feels about it, yeah. and then what she got, what she said was like, "Oh, I don't mind that. Can you just do it in this way?" And so then he got that feedback. But it just brings so much to like a really simple interaction, yeah. um, and he learnt like oh, and then it gives him like the the tools to be able to do that for himself. So if he's experiencing something in his body that someone is doing to him, then he yeah. can say, actually, I don't like it. Can you do it like this or not do it at all? Like. You know? I think
3: that's so powerful because the difference between the feelings that we have inside of our brains and the emotions that we have, and then actually putting those feelings to verbal communication, it, is a it's a there's a huge distance in between there. And unless we're taught how to do that, like you just did yeah. with Mona, then how would we just in, automatically know? I feel like we wouldn't. So therefore, we might resent those feelings or resent that person. Yeah. But really, it's just a personal experience
0: that we don't understand how to exactly. communicate. Like, no, like, listen to the difference between me saying, hey, Mana, just check in with Tina if how she feels about what you're doing, as opposed to, hey, Mana, don't do that. Yeah, that's like, how I tell my kids. <laughs> right? Like, it's I a do. huge difference. Yeah. And how much information is he getting just with that simple, like, first of all that you get to check in like he's like she like how do you feel you're inviting someone else to check in and then you get the feedback and it's not like don't do it you're not in trouble there's no shutdown it's like it's deeper connection and it's and both people are then getting their needs met and that that then can ripple through you know all of life (laughs) and hopefully that is brought forward
1: Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: Get emotional with me, Ravi Devlukia, in my new podcast A Really Good Cry.
3: Going back to some of these terms that we just talked about and how I wrote all of them down and now I'm looking at my notebook, which is usually filled with profound and thoughtful words <laughs> and language and you know, there's an almost entire page of just pretty vulgar terms in my opinion. And it brings me back to and this whole conversation started because we were talking about um, that show and free form. What's it called? Mm, um, bold type. Bold, bold type. type. And, you know, what teenagers are talking about. And it's, it brought me back to um, how in high school, I graduated in high school in 2003. So it was really like the middle of kind of the introduction of uh, the internet. Not even, Social media wasn't, I know there was, there was a AOL online a messages when I was in high school, but that's it. And mm-hmm. um, so we would pass notes all the time. And we, I went to an all girl high school. We were really into boys and talking about sex and, um, it was just you know, just like anyone would be except we didn't have that male exposure every day. Um, we would pass notes all the time about like hooking up and what are you doing and they were so vulgar. Some of my friends have saved the notes and we look back at them and we're horrified to see the way that we spoke about sex and how disgusted we were about the way we spoke about sex. Mm-hmm. Um, and the terms we used, like getting on somebody or fuck buddy. And yeah. the, and I am not even talking about um, people actually having sex. Like we would talk about a fuck buddy as somebody you just make out with, like these are just the terms that we used, and mm. and some people were having sex, but that didn't necessarily mean anything. And so, and I and I know that we did had no idea how vulgar we were being. That was just our vocabulary. And so I think it's so interesting now that here I am judging all of these terms, and yet this is this is just the new way that I, yeah. the kids talk that I used to talk, and I was
0: not a dirty little hoe. but I knew about it yeah totally it's out there I mean like and mm. and part of why we're even saying like talking about it on on the podcast is just that normalizing and understanding that we may this may come our way um as parents and like yeah what are we what are we going to teach our kids you know it's a good thing to to explore oh my gosh So interesting. Mm, well, how, how are
3: these terms as an icebreaker for a first date? <laughs> 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 I mean, just uh, get right down
0: to the nitty gritty, right? Yeah, totally. But we have had a lot of questions recently from our viewers. I reckon we should hop to those. This question is from just for bug I recently found out that there are many lesbians that are simply
3: companions and no longer have sex. Why is that? I cannot fathom not being intimate with my wife in the future. We have such a spark that she is irresistible to me. You never want the fireworks to go away. What does my future hold as a lesbian?
0: Well, first of all, I feel like if sex is a priority in your relationship, then that should be spoken. If that's what you want to continue, you should absolutely align yourself with your partner. Um, The reason why... Like sex drops out of a lot of relationships lesbian and and heterosexual relationships and gay relationships even is that sex becomes less of a priority, and then the relationship becomes more of a companionship um and it doesn't have to do, absolutely doesn't have to be with like that way, but it takes um yeah communicating and aligning with your partner one of the ways but I feel like that's every re- that's every relationship no not just a lesbian both. relationship no, no. It's not just a re- lesbian relationship, although this person is obviously seeing that a lot in her community um, and she desperately mm-hmm. doesn't want that for herself
4: mm-hmm. and probably doesn't
0: want that for her partner either. So um, I think when we think about, I, I, I get this a lot with my coaching clients, They're like, oh, he just always wants to have sex with me or she always just wants to have sex, but we don't really think about what sex provides us and we don't usually communicate that. And so one of the things that I suggest that you do with your partner is share with each other what sex provides for you. So not that you just want to prioritize sex and the sex is important for you, but like the deeper stuff, like why? What does it bring your life when you're having sex? And this this is actually a really great one for communicating anything, whether it be um, taking out the trash, for instance. Like we usually say, look, I want you to take out the trash and that that's your that's your job. I want you to do it. But if we actually told somebody, like, what taking out the trash provides for us, then there's pr- probably more of an inclination to do it. Like, taking out the trash could make you feel, like, really supported in life because you love doing the cooking. And when someone takes out the trash, it makes, makes you feel, like, thought about um, and it makes, it makes a huge contribution. Um, it could... Um, uh you might feel protected when someone else takes it out of the trash for you because you are protected from the 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 smells and all that while you're cooking so there's like a what if you're what if you're just so used to somebody taking
3: out the trash and then all of a sudden they like you don't really know why you like that anymore
0: well I would say dig deeper okay, okay. <laughs> dig deeper there's usually more of a reason why you want something than just the simple task of taking out the trash and the same goes with sex like it's not just about getting off if it was just about getting off we could do that any which way it's really like for me no um, having sex makes me feel alive as a human being it makes me feel like I'm really supported um, in, in, in life, um, beyond it makes me feel supported in a way that you know I can be like my feminine, fully online sexual self and then having that witness with my partner just like bring this deeper level of connection. Also sex helps me connect with something way more profound than just this physical reality. Like sex is like a sacred act for me and it, there is this merging when I unite with my partner that then puts me in contact in a deeper way to God or spirit or whatever it is for you like for the individual. Mm -hmm. But for me it Mm -hmm. puts me like into that Mm -hmm. oneness space, which I really love sharing with my partner. And if I don't get to share that then I with my partner, then I would rather just us have like um have like a friend, like a companion Mm -hmm. relationship. So then I could go and experience that in a like with someone else so you know there's a lot there that um I feel like you could dig deeper into not just prioritizing and agreeing to prioritize but sharing with your partner why it's worth it to kind of keep that fire alive
3: so I have two things to say um about this one is one is personal I think like for for me um, my sexual relationship with my past partners have has been um, about sex and not knowing why I liked sex but knowing that I liked it um, now and re- currently um, I see Sex as something more intimate and spiritual like you were explaining and I've that's also because of a lot of work that I've done On myself spiritually and mm-hmm. so everything takes on um, more meaningful um. Definitions everything that Mm I do has a more meaningful definition and and why I do it So I think that that just leads to a more fulfilled sex life and other things as well um, but I think but then the second part that I wanted to say was I think that this person is trying to say that as a lesbian um, and she's concerned because women are typically less interested in sex as as a as a gender, as a than men, mm-hmm. and that's what concerns Well,
0: that. I think what's also really important here is uh, we've spoken about a lot of times on the podcast about the mechanics of relationship and the mechanics of kind of desire. Um, and this is a really important important one. Is it has nothing to do with gender, but more to to do with to energetic qualities. So mm-hmm. it's really to create the spark and to, to keep the spark alive, then you have to have like differences. So Mm -hmm. there has to be like a ravisher and a ravish
3: Mm
0: E and that's, that's how you have that magnetism and amazing sex is that you have those polar kind of opposites. And so it can be as can be um, played with where you amplify those the ravisher and the ravishy mm-hmm. is rule call at that or you like one person um moves and the other person follows or one person stays still and the other one you know moves around mm-hmm. and so like it's um yeah so that that it it can be something that needs it, it like I've said I've said before on the podcast like many times that that's the part that kind of loses its luster, like the longer that you're in relationship. And so to keep it alive, then you need to like make that a practice within your relationship. Um, Otherwise Mm -hmm. it becomes too much sameness and then you lose Mm -hmm. the the spark. So yeah, it's a practice and it's a skill to kind of keep that going. Um, And there's so many different ways that you can do it. Can do that and, and tantra is a really great teacher of that sometimes tantra can be um really stuck in the roles of the feminine and masculine and like they label mm. it as that and then it can be really confusing when for instance when you're in a lesbian relationship mm. like how does that work then um but yeah it, uh, um but it's 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 kind of cool to look in it look at it in a a slightly different lens where it's not the masculine and feminine but just like different energy types where you have someone who's still and someone who's moving or someone who's like holds a space and someone Mm -hmm. who's like smaller like just like playing with those kind of dimensions a little bit just because as well um a lot of people think that oh if if that if their sex life loses its luster in the t- in kind of like that polarity way a lot of people think oh there's something wrong wrong with the relationship but it's really just a polarity problem it's not so much a relationship problem relationship problems come from like a lack of like intimacy and that kind of thing whereas this is this is something else so it's kind of cool to separate the both so you can say do I have a relationship problem or do I have a polarity problem or do I have an intimacy problem or do I have a polarity problem and just tackling it from that direction rather than making the whole relationship wrong or a failure
3: Another question. Um, right. Embarrassed husband asks: My wife hates when I play with lick or sucker nipples. She says they are too sensitive. <sighs> she says they are too sensitive sometimes. However, she's had multiple orgasms from me doing it, and it's a crazy turn on for the both of us. I love doing it, but I tend to go overboard. What are some tricks or ways to get her going from this that you guys like that's hot, but not too much. <laughs> I had, I was, my nipples were so sensitive before I had kids that yeah. it would, the the sensation of any kind of simulation, sometimes even a bra rubbing against them, it lit- it hurt. It actually hurt yeah, because it was too intense. Too it intense. changed now. And now I find it, um, I, I find it,
0: it's a nice sensation, but mm-hmm. um. Yeah, this is interesting. What do you yeah. want to say? Um, a, a few things. First of all, it'd be interesting to check around the sensitivity, like our sensitivity around um, our nipples and other parts of our bodies to change depending on where we are in our cycle. So there's something to look at there. It's like mm. just like check if this is like a cycle thing or if it's at that time of month um not necessarily mm-hmm. like at the time of month or when the when the cycle the new cycle begins but it it could just vary within the month so there's that but also when whenever um anyone is like super sensitive in se- different areas and like a lot of stimulation in that one area <sighs> could possibly like tip them over into feeling like super, super vulnerable. And it can be, there's an, um, can be an emotion Mm. attached to that. So like, for instance, I hear this a lot with like anal sex or like excess kind of G-spot stimulation, like the feeling that wells up, it becomes like there's too much sensation. And then if they really lent into that, then all the feelings of vulnerability come from like losing control. And like, I feel like with this particular Mm. woman, and I actually um, had a, had a bit of a coaching session with um, embarrassed husband on Instagram because uh he reached out a couple of times and I was like, Okay, here we go. But it's it's really important for everybody to know that you know those super sensitive areas can lead to huge emotional releases and what i'm feeling from mm-hmm. embarrassed husband is that there is a little bit of a lack of trust within the relationship where she doesn't feel necessarily held um where she could go like really lean into that and really release and possibly lose control for him yeah because he does it too much yeah. he goes overboard totally and like, like, this is like another thing, it in dude Another thing that I said to him was like you can't expect to get the same response all the time and if you keep on going for it, it's likely that she's going to back right away from it and and not want it anymore. And also if you keep on pressing the issue, that lack of trust develops further because um, she he's not like mastering the time and space. Like he's not like listening to her and honouring where she's at and he just keeps on pushing towards his desired result. Um, and that so can you be really awkwarding. Talk I talked to him online. You,
3: you yeah. actually okay? So I want to know what what's the outcome? Did he do what you said? How did it work?
0: <clears throat> so he's decided to back off of it, um, which I mm-hmm. thought was like really great. And what I because he one of the things that one of the reasons why he wants this is because he has witnessed her in that deep release, and it's so desirable. Like mm-hmm. it, 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 like from. What I know of my male partners, that is what they're seeking the most is that, like, that amount of let go into pleasure and to mm-hmm. bear witness to that. And mm-hmm. so if you can like, if you can facilitate that, then they, they it, like, if they can facilitate that, they just want that even more. So what I've said to him actually is to back away from it and to, mm-hmm. like, let it go for now because him trying to push her towards it is making her want it less. Um, the mm. other way, the way that he can kind of introduce like the stimulation because obviously it's it's really sensitive for her is to kind of tease it rather than going for it so like it's mm. like kind of the gesture towards but then the gesture away from it too and it's like and just see like engage whether she leans into it more and whether she starts craving it more or that maybe that you 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 get a really good tell whether she wants more of it or less from, from teasing it um
3: I wonder, yeah. like,
0: I would love for him to talk about this with her, and then
3: see, you know, if this is her take, if she even knows that th- this about herself, you know.
0: Yeah, and you know, obviously, like, you want your partner to be your advocate in your pleasure, and um, mm-hmm. one of the great ways to to get on the same page is to ch- talk about it. So there were, I definitely encourage you to do that, imagine that, Leela. and I know <laughs> <laughs> exactly why talk
3: about it when you can ask the pro on the internet. <laughs> but for real. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of shortcuts here. I don't blame embarrassed husband for taking that shortcut. These are not easy conversations to just dive right into.
0: <laughs> yeah. So he's he's kind of doing the uh the like gesture towards them and then backing away and just just really listening to her rather than going for his desired outcome. Um kudos. Yeah. Okay, Megan, being in the public eye, how different is it for you to be using dating apps? I feel like if I was in your position, I would be a bit guarded not knowing if the guy was into me or what he knows about me.
3: This is interesting because I have gotten this question very often from um, friends or strangers. Um, it's not not actual strangers, you know, like Instagram followers or um, you know, not somebody on the street <laughs> coming up to me asking that kind of a stranger. But um, you know what I have found so interesting? The, I don't think these guys know who I am. I think they have an, so yeah, I'm on I'm on a couple dating apps, and at first I was so scared, I was afraid to show my face. I was thinking, oh, they're gonna know who I am, and they're either gonna be scared scared away or they're going to have preconceived notions or they're going to like just want to want to be with me for the wrong reasons. But I was giving myself way too much credit because these dudes have no clue who I am. And it makes sense because the, my original fame came from being on the Real Housewives of Orange County. That's typically a show watched by women. And, or, um, many gay men and my Instagram following is 93% women and 7% men. So that just goes to show you. I was going to ask you that. Mm -hmm. So yeah, no, these guys, they don't know who I am. It's kind of nice. It's really (laughs) nice. Well, it's nice until they then figure it out.
0: And then they're like, bye.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the challenges
0: of, uh, of dating today. Especially with
3: when it's on the tabloids, mm. my friend, my best friend, will call me sometimes and say, "I saw you in Us Weekly," and I'm like, "Oh, what did I do now?" It's like this pit <laughs> in my stomach. Like, what did I do? Like, what kind of drama have I crossed now? It has been blown out of proportion.
0: Yeah, like I I messaged you this week around like around um. You mm-hmm. dropping Edmonds off your name when you mm-hmm. uh, during our last podcast, mm-hmm.
3: yeah, and that that turned into um, a handful of stories,
0: and yeah. it was okay. weird because
3: uh, for me, okay, so my name is Megan King Edmonds. I took away Edmonds on my Instagram. Still Megan K Edmonds if you want to look me up, but I just took off the Edmonds, like you know where that name is written out. Yeah, and I took that off weeks ago. Weeks ago, nobody noticed. I was really shocked. And then um, we were on our podcast. I just dropped Edmonds. I didn't even think about it because when I when I call people or leave a message or they ask me my name, I say Megan King. And so that's what I just said on the show. And um, I think Brooke said something. Oh no, Edmonds! I think you said something. You dropped Mm -hmm. Edmonds, and yeah, like that's all. It's factual. But um, it's not like some big revelation or like any kind of profound doesn't have a profound meaning. I mean, um, I'm going through a divorce, and I like the name that I had before. I was you know, tied with this new moniker to this man who I'm no longer with. So it's just, I think, something that you do.
0: Yeah, I think so.
3: It's not. Thing I wonder to do. what the tabloids
0: are going to say about your your um, thoughts on truffle butter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we yeah. can talk about that. Let's that see, let's see. Maybe we? we
3: can have Nicki Minaj on. Did you say it's Nicki Minaj? or did... Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, maybe we can have her on and talk about her thoughts on truffle butter. I know she <laughs> created a whole
0: song around it. Let's leave it at that.
3: And, um, all right, well, you guys yeah. continue to send us your questions. You can find us on Instagram at Intimate Knowledge Podcast. And you can also email us at IK at iHeartRadio.com. Yeah. So there you go. You have two ways to find us. Don't forget to subscribe and check us out again next week. Every week. new ups Every coming your way. week.
0: Love you, darling. You guys have a great
1: one. You. Bye, Me everyone. Too. Subscribe to Thanks. Intimate Knowledge on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts.